0: Hello, I'm your host, Sarah, and this is Insane. A warm welcome to everyone to the second episode of the Insane podcast. I hope everyone's doing very well. So I'm just going to get stuck right into it. I think a good place to start is to talk about the current framework in which human peace and happiness is being presented in in today's contemporary societies, which is that of mindfulness. Now when I do mention mindfulness to people, a lot of people have heard of it, but I don't think everyone's very clear as to what exactly mindfulness is. So mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment with no judgment. So the idea is that one is to think about the here and now and nothing else and to be totally engrossed in the moment without judging the moment to be good or bad. And this can take many different forms, but the most common form that's associated with mindfulness is the meditation. I'm sure you've seen it everywhere in magazines in books, etc. People sitting down, cross-legged, eyes closed just concentrating on the breath and of course there are many different techniques and meditation used within the mindfulness context but the most common is the breathing exercise where one just concentrates on the breath going in and out and ignores all other thoughts and feelings and when thoughts and feelings do arise you are encouraged to just let them go and just bring your mind back to the breath. And that requires a lot of discipline. But over time, it gets easier as a technique. Um, there are also other forms of mindfulness. So, for example, you could practice mindfulness when you're eating. So just taking in the texture of the food, chewing the food. Um, and you can also do it while you're walking. So being engrossed in what's going on around you, the feeling of the air on your skin the colours of the flowers, the trees, the sky. So really taking it all in and not thinking about the past or future. So here the idea is that human suffering and discomfort is mainly caused by negative thought process, anxiety about the future and also hurt or regret about the past. And so these negative narratives that occur cognitively in your mind, lead to feelings of anxiety and depression, etc. And so when you realise that these thought processes are just thoughts and not facts, and you take steps in letting them go, and not being affected by them, that gives the individual peace and relief. Now, this is mindfulness in its secular form because it's completely void of God and spirituality. So why do I say secular mindfulness? What other form does mindfulness come in? Now, the answer to that is mindfulness is actually a concept that's derived from Buddhist philosophy. And within Buddhism, mindfulness is part of a very complex framework that requires moral and ethical obligation. And mindfulness is just a part of that framework. And so, there's a lot of people that adhere to the Buddhist philosophy that are actually quite annoyed with secular mindfulness because they believe that true happiness and peace cannot be found by the simple act of just concentrating on the here and now. And so, they argue that the Contemporary secular understandings of mindfulness are quite misleading because what it has done is taken a very small aspect of the whole philosophical framework in which it lies in and amplified it to make it seem like it's the only important component to finding inner peace and happiness. Now supporters of secular mindfulness will argue, well, There's a lot of scientific research out there that does suggest that mindfulness in its secular form is actually quite effective. And there are a lot of studies that show that the secular practice of mindfulness offers relief to people that suffer from recurrent depression, from anxiety, and even people who simply want to have a break or some kind of relief from the mere act of existing we as humans find existence quite exhausting. Now you may be wondering, why is she talking about secular mindfulness? Why doesn't she just get on with it and tell us how humans become happy according to Islamic philosophy? And the reason why I'm talking about mindfulness in its secular form is because it's twofold. But both of them are out of my personal experience and I can only use my personal experience to make you see where I'm coming from. I have to start at the beginning of my story with mindfulness for you to understand and comprehend the Islamic philosophies because that's how I did it. So if you just bear with me, give me your hand, I will guide you, don't worry. Reason number one is because when I practice secular mindfulness, I found a lot of relief from it. And I was also empowered in ways that I did not think possible. It is very empowering to be able to control negative narratives in your mind. It is very empowering and it's actually quite transformative. Mindfulness also makes you aware. Being self-aware is the main ingredient to finding inner peace and happiness. Being aware of what's going on inside your head, inside your heart, is an essential ingredient. Without it, without you being able to turn inwards, you're not going to find any peace and happiness. And it's an integral part of understanding Islamic philosophies with regards to inner peace. And so I highly recommend that you do dip into secular mindfulness, you do read the books about it. And you do practice it, especially the breathing technique. Now, at first, it's very frustrating. But over time, you'll get used to it. And it will really give you stillness and peace. But at the same time, it may make you feel uncomfortable because when you sit there quietly, usually when feelings and thoughts that are uncomfortable, come to our mind our first reaction is to run from it and what you need to do to find inner peace and happiness is to stand still and confront them confront those feelings and be comfortable once you learn to accept those feelings you will find that you are able to go further into any philosophy and I and it really does require guts but you have to have guts to take in Islamic philosophy on happiness and well-being because it is raw and you need to have some courage and guts to face this truth. So this is why I talk about secular mindfulness and I highly encourage it. Okay, so like I said, this is where I started my research. It started from secular mindfulness. I sat there and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm finding more meaning and solace and peace in a secular practice than I have ever found in my own philosophical teachings, which is that of Islam. It has given me relief in ways that my years of Islamic practice has not been able to. I have had to turn away from my philosophical beliefs towards a secular practice, for me to actually feel the relief that I was seeking. And that changed my life, actually, that realization. Now, I could have just packed it all in and thought, for Allah, and you know, shot everything, gone back to the Quran and said, this is from the devil. But because of my practice of mindfulness, I was able to confront that thought. Okay, so why why is that the case? If you look at research done on anxiety and depression in Muslim majority countries, they are on par with the rest of the world. No difference. But yet our Islamic faith tells us that Islam means peace. And those who submit to Islamic teachings, i.e. Muslim, find peace, but yet we have not found peace. We are as unhappy as the rest of the world. And even on a personal basis, anxiety, stress, agitation, are all realities. In a teaching that tells us that they should not be your reality, if you follow the teachings. And therefore, the answers to my question of why I have not found peace in a religion that claims to give peace can only be two. The first one is that the Islamic philosophies are incorrect. Or number two, I have understood them, or I have been taught them and therefore understood them in a wrong way and lucky for me my ego is not that big for me to just completely disregard the philosophy before I disregard my own role in the understanding of the philosophy. So I thought I have to do research on this. I have to see where it went wrong because when you feel anxious and bad. It's an indication that something's gone wrong. And the realization of this was very difficult. It's like one of the most difficult things that I had to confront in my life. To think that you were following something correctly and then all of a sudden to have the realization that you weren't is very difficult. And so I started my research on him. I thought, okay, if relief is found in being present on a moment by moment basis, then what would that look like from an Islamic philosophical perspective? And there can only be one answer to that and that is the presence of God in every moment. There cannot be another answer the belief in god and the oneness of god is central to islam without that belief there is no islamic faith or philosophy so it has to be that so i sat there and i thought to myself how many moments is god present with you and this was another hard truth i am what you would call a practicing muslim um and so prayer is the only obligation required of us five times a day on a daily basis? And so I did that. But how could that be enough? How can something that lasts a maximum of 25 minutes out of 24 hours a day be submission to anything? I mean, what percentage of your day is that? And even sometimes you're not present in the prayer completely. So how could that be submission, regarded as submission to God? 25 minutes of 24 hours. And even if you say, start your food in the name of God, what's that? A couple of seconds. That's if you remember So I knew that although theoretically I was saying that I was Muslim and a believer of Islamic philosophy, practically most and the vast majority of my moments were in the absence of God. I was not conscious of God and therefore practically I was more secular than I was religious. And that is why secular practice appealed to me more than my own philosophical teachings. Because if you do not completely adhere to the practices required of the Islamic philosophy, you will not be affected by them because you cannot perceive them it will be difficult for you to understand the context in which happiness and well-being is placed within that philosophy because you do not live by that philosophy. So how could, how could it affect you? So secular mindfulness gave me an awareness, a true awareness of what's going on and my relationship with God and gave me a good slap in the face. And so... That's the aim of the game, if you like. To increase the awareness and the presence of God on a moment to moment basis in your life. And that's rule number one to finding peace and happiness from an Islamic perspective. So what does that look like? Now the actual awareness and inclusion of God in the moment is the most easiest thing in the world. It's the remembering to do so that is that is difficult. That's where the challenge is. You're insane, the one who forgets. You forget to do that. So a tip from me, I bought a bracelet uh, to remind me of God. I, I wear it, I don't take it off. So every time I forget, when I extend my hand out or when I... Go to wash my face in the morning. I see the bracelet and I remember. Oh, what? How do you bring God into the moment? You thank him. You thank him for being alive. You, st- you thank him for being able to sleep, for waking up. When you go to the bathroom and you're like brushing your teeth, you thank him for your teeth. You thank him for being able to brush your teeth, for the flowing water that comes out of your tap with no effort. There are people in Africa that still have to go down to wells collect water and even then it's dirty water. You need to be aware of what you have and show gratitude to it. So you say Alhamdulillah. Um, And when you can't be bothered to start naming things, then you can say Astaghfirullah or Subhanallah when you see something beautiful or nice. Now the reason why I chose those three because those three come up the most in the Quran. SubhanAllah, glory be to God. Alhamdulillah, uh, thank you to God. And Astaghfirullah, I seek forgiveness. They are specifically mentioned so many times and they are mentioned in the context of finding peace and happiness. And I will talk about these three glorifications in more detail in the coming days, but I just want to put it out there just so that perhaps you can start doing it. And the reason why I chose to start off with this conversation about where is God in every moment of your life, is because it's central to Islamic philosophy on finding peace. And so you need to be aware That just because you do five daily prayers, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. I know that we're taught that we have, but you really haven't. It can't be just about 25 minutes. You would not think that anything was submissive to any aspect of life if they just showed a 25 minute dedication. It's just, it's not logical. So it's time for us to be frank with ourselves and try and get God um, involved with every moment of our lives. And so that's rule number one. Be aware of God as much as you can. I hope that made sense. Um, If it didn't, let me know and I'll be happy to clarify. Please do join me on my next podcast where I'll be discussing the subconscious reduction or the humanizing of God and how this hampers our ability to be susceptible to the Islamic philosophies on peace and well-being. But until then, I'm gonna to have to love you and leave you. Do take care.